0: Welcome to the Fireman Trainer Podcast, Season 3, Episode 19, published on July 11th, 2022. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Our guest today is Rob High from CCW Saves, talking about the additional injuries from self-defense you'd be prepared for. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com, learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. If you're a certified instructor then you can apply for FTA coverage. Receive a special 10% off for listening to this podcast by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by KSG Holsters. They're professional-grade Kydex handcrafted here in the United States of America. They're available for a large variety of firearms. They're purpose-built one by one for comfort and concealability. All KSG Holsters are Enigma-compatible. There are a lot of customization options, so you can order the holster that fits Your needs exactly. Remember, KSG Holsters. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Rob High from CCW Safe. Welcome, Rob, to the podcast, and thanks for taking time to share your experience and expertise with our audience.
1: Thanks, Rob. It's good to see you again.
0: Same here. Can you give our listeners a little bit about who Rob High is and what you do in the industry?
1: Uh, Certainly. prior to going into law enforcement, I was a high school wrestling coach. Um, I landed in a, in a town that was prolific. Uh, we had kids that were wrestling all over the country and all over the world. And John Smith came from the same, same area. Uh, some of the best wrestlers in the United States back then. Um, I was very fortunate to be a part of a club back then that, that, uh, won, well, in in nine years, we won six state titles and had three runner-up finishes and two national championships. So um, a lot of of high school All-Americans and things like that. Then I went into law enforcement and uh, started in the academy with the Oklahoma City Police Department in 1995. And during the academy, April 19th, the uh, Murrah bombing occurred that was my very first activation and call for service. Um, after that, I spent a couple of years on the street in patrol. I went from there to a narcotics unit, then to gang enforcement. Uh, I knew I was going to be a trainer, so I became a firearms trainer uh, 25 years ago or so. Um, I was a driving instructor. I was a, a defensive tactics instructor, uh, and then I became uh the coordinator for the defensive tactics program for the department and have I don't know about 31 uh, 31 different schools that I attended and got instructor certifications through all over the country um, also have a martial arts background so uh, I was the use of force expert for the Oklahoma City Police Department for a number of years and helped uh, defend officers involved in significant uses of force and uh, shootings and uh, had a lot of experience doing that. I moved into the private sector uh, while I was still an officer and started doing some civilian defense and self-defense cases. And it really opened my eyes to the cost, which was terrifying. I had no earthy idea. I knew if I was involved in an on-duty shooting that I would be so well represented with attorneys and experts and and investigators and crime scene guys. But to pay individually for those guys outside is an enormous fee. Um, So when I I learned the cost of that, I, I realized that if I was on vacation with my family and traveling, you know, I, I carry a gun everywhere I go. And if something happened that I had to defend myself, that would be out of my pocket. And I actually called uh, our CEO, Mike Darter and COO Stan Campbell and talked to them and said, I, I got to be a part of this. I don't know. I don't even care what it cost. It was going to be a, a great value as opposed to to what the actual cost would be if I had to defend myself. So. As I got closer to retirement, they reached out to me and uh, offered me a position to, to kind of do the same thing with CCW Safe when I came in. And uh, so I, I retired August 30th of 2020 and started with them August 31st. So took a lot of time off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got great experience, both from the instruction standpoint and also uh, from uh, you know being able to give our instructors and our listeners a little bit more of a background of uh, what we're going to be talking today. And that's the hidden costs of self-defense, which none of us can be an expert at it as well as you can. But I think, you know, as I talk to instructors, we need to have a good knowledge for ourselves but also a good knowledge bill relay this information under our students and that's why it's so important for them to realize maybe they take insurance maybe they don't take insurance um, but at the same time if they get into a self-defense uh, situation and we've seen it many times in the news it's a meat grinder and it can suck up your fortune you know whether that's a 401k or pension different things like that it can go fast um, which brings us to the first one can you Give us a little background of what we would be facing in a criminal situation. You know, if we, if we defend ourselves and we end up, um, you know, looking like maybe it's not a, you know, a perfect shoot, uh, you know, what, what could happen from a criminal standpoint and what are we looking at from there?
1: Well, that, right out of the box. Um, if it's one of those that, that they're unsure of it, there's a strong possibility that an arrest will be made and, and you're booked into your local jail, your local county jail, or whatever the the initial process is where you live. Um, And one of the first things that that can happen there is is with being a member of our service is we'll facilitate, excuse me, we'll facilitate uh, posting bond and and getting your release. Um, We're the only ones in the industry that actually have a team that is on standby that once that call is made, we're in motion. So if your incident involves critical bodily injury or ser- serious bodily injury or death, um, we deem it to be a critical incident, even though there's other things that would be critical if you were the one involved, but that is truly critical to us, that's a, that's emergent. Uh, so we come to your location and start basically being your liaison and, and helping you through the steps. Most people have no earthy idea what's coming after that. Um, <clears throat> then you've got your attorney fees. You've got investigator fees. You've got expert witness fees. Um, we include uh, a jury consultant. We pay all court costs and all things like that. There's so many little things that just continue to stack up and stack up. Rob, Um, one of
0: of the things you blew my mind on uh, before we started recording, how long can this take? If I'm charged and actually goes to trial, how long are we talking? We're not talking 30 days. Um, We're talking a lot longer than that.
1: Well, for the people that look at the Rittenhouse case, Mm -hmm. you you have to look at that with the understanding that that was absolutely fast-tracked. That was remarkably quick. Mm -hmm. Most of the time you're really looking at about two years to get a case like that in front of a jury. And, you know, we're we're talking monetary costs here and this is when you start getting beyond the monetary costs, Um, the stress and anguish and anxiety of uncertainty as you're waiting to go through these proceedings and have have your case heard by a judge or a jury of your peers. Um, <clears throat> there are so many stressors that are built into that. And it's not just, you know, if I'm the involved shooter, it's not just me. It involves my entire family. My children are affected. You know, in my case, my grandchildren are affected. Um, employment. Your employment. Church, you
0: know, your whole social circle.
1: Absolutely. Everything. You know, I, I always say the same thing. It's it's a perfectly crystal clear pond, and somebody takes a big rock and just lunges it out into the middle, and just those concentric ripples that just continue and continue and continue, and they just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the personal costs in this. You know, Stephen Maddox is the only guy that's been a covered member by by anybody that provides these kinds of services that's been arrested for first degree murder and went all the way through trial to acquittal. And his, his, I can tell you, Steven had been a member for with us for 32 days. Um, he, he had just joined, um, and was involved in an incident that, uh, tragically ended in death. Um, And you had some decisions made that I still can't understand, but they filed those charges on him and uh, cost us over four hundred thousand dollars to defend him in that thing. But he was acquitted. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was divorced in the thing. He lost his job in the thing. Um, His entire life was changed forever that day. I mean, absolutely forever. That's not something that, you know, you, you you live with that to your to your last breath. Um, And it's one of those that I I even know police officers that have gone in, knowing that, you know, I I could have to get in a shooting with somebody that's a, a gangster, a drug dealer, a rapist, a murderer, some violent, horrible thing. And then all of a sudden, they're confronted with a suicidal vet, that's just really having a bad day that forces them to, to shoot. And, you know, we never signed up to take a guy who's in pain out. That's not, you know, Mm -hmm. I was okay with the murderer. Um, So having to understand the things that you have to live with, you know, from that day forward. And there's, you know, uh, last year at, at guardian nation, Matt little, I got to, to sit in on, on part of his lecture to one of his classes. And he was talking about, uh, he thought the most important piece of advice that he could give to his students right then was to come to terms with having to have to do this before you ever have to do this. You know, get your mind right and understand that there's nothing there's nothing cool about this. Um, everything about this is going to be difficult. Uh, it's a great responsibility to carry a firearm. It, it just really is. Um, and. Again, fortunately, we've got guys like you that are out there teaching people the proper way to to handle a gun and to safely operate a gun. And, you know, and it's not just the the pressing the trigger thing that we teach people. We we teach them about, you know, that when when can I? You know, I I can tell you that I probably between 50 and 60 times as a as a police officer could have very justifiably ended somebody's life. And had enough tools and enough things in place that that wasn't necessary. And for me, it's one of those that, you know, when do you shoot when I don't have any other option left period.
0: Yeah, And just like we go along, we practice, you know, our trigger finger, making sure that we can hold it steady, press it back smoothly, make that, you know, accurate shot. We've also got to go along and sharpen our muscle between our ears so that we can go along and hopefully make a split second decision whether that is that a firearm is it a cell phone is it a knife or or is somebody holding up a toy you know is it a you know 18 year old or is it is it a 10 year old that we can you know do different things uh approach it from different ways and because a lot of cases you know you hear the news could end end badly and you know a lot of cases uh people have People have uh, had cooler heads or calmer thoughts and you know, figured out another way of doing it. And that's where you know, firearm tasers, uh, OC spray, all those types of things we've talked about on this uh, podcast, because we want to have different options for it. Because if the only thing we have is a hammer, then that's the only thing we're going to do is use a hammer. But if we go along, we know that, hey, we've got open hand skills. We've got OC, we've got taser. And if ultimately, you know, we're, that, all that doesn't work we've got a firearm, then, you know, we've come to terms ahead of time to realize what we're going to have to do. And then also what it's going to mean afterwards to us, you know, from a family situation, from a community standpoint, which is, uh, you know, can be, which can be rough to say the least.
1: You know, and it's one of those that if, if something has to go hands-on, I'm, I'm well versed in that. I'm, I'm actually really good at that. But if I get the opportunity to, to back away and apologize and just walk, and let's just walk away. I, it's, it's not an ego thing for me. I, I just, you know, yeah. I, I've told people this for a long time now, but but once you have made the decision to exercise that second amendment, second amendment right and carry a firearm for your protection and the protection of your family and others, um, you forfeit the right to respond emotionally. You need to be very literal and very decisive and and thoughtful and mindful and think things through before you act. And if part of that is just avoidance, man, that's the best thing I can possibly do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Another speaker from the Guardian Nation Conference last year was Andrew Branca. And one yeah. of the things that he was uh, – that. It's a quote from him, and he's uh, said on the podcast before: "Is any time that you engage in a violent encounter, no matter who you are, where it is, or anything else like that, you have a greater than zero chance of death and bodily harm. That's why we're justified in responding to those. So, if you want hundred uh, percent, you know, chance of seeing tomorrow, go go along and avoid it. You know." Uh, at all costs, you know, literally versus, you know, just turning your back to it. And when you go along realize that, you know, all of us, what we're really fighting for is to see tomorrow, to spend time with our family, spend time with our grandkids, those types of things. Um, somebody yell, yelling words and challenging challenging us, uh, you know, might deflate our ego a little bit, but we'll be able to see tomorrow. And that's where it makes a big, it, That's that's what we want. We don't care about our ego when we're around our kids or our grandkids we're we're worried about being there not you know them visiting us on you know every uh you know on our birthdays in the cemetery
1: it'll it'll take a little more than that for you to bruise my ego too i'll 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 give in and and call you the tough guy and and walk away that it, it that's not anything that bothers me mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> it it's just it's such a big deal to understand and and i i told this to every police recruit I had. And I had hundreds. Um, I ran the academy for nine years. Um, and Oklahoma City is the largest police agency in Oklahoma. Um, but I told every one of those kids that I need you to have your mind right and understand that every single physical altercation you become involved in is an armed confrontation because you brought the arm at least one. We know for a fact that one is in the fight. Mm-hmm. And it it's something we need to share with civilian carriers, um, guys that just want to want to protect themselves and protect their families. Just understand, every single fight you get into is an armed confrontation because at least you have brought a weapon there. Um, and you know, I, I know lots and lots of guys that spend a whole lot of money on the range, putting putting lead down range, but how much time have you spent practicing holding on to that thing? Mm-hmm. it Definitely. it's it's just another part of the skill set that needs to be in place so <clears throat>
0: yep, just like the open hand skills, weapon retention skills, Ozar and you know the other thing we always uh, talk to people about is make sure you get some medical skills because you know if you're going to go along and be around firearms and knives and violent confrontations like that, you or somebody you know, your family that you care about might need some medical assistance and you know just like we're you know, we're hoping 911 gets there quickly. You know, how quickly is quick enough for a serious bleed. You're talking, you know, a couple minutes before, you know, death can can be there. And that's what you don't want to have happen. You want to be able to know how to apply a tourniquet, and do those types of things for it. So you really want to be an all around package for it. And Hopefully most of our instructors are offering courses and giving advice, you know, what we're talking about today.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. Um that, that's something that I've paid tremendous amount of attention to last year at Guardian. um, I sat through my uh, Brian McLaughlin stuff Mm -hmm. um, and is super, super well-trained. He's very passionate about what he does. He gets his message across. He's a great instructor and he's just continuing to get better. Um, I've sat through Caleb Cozzi's courses. Um, Caleb's a great instructor down at Lone Star Medics down in Texas. Um, I was, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago out in, uh, Tennessee. And I went, I don't know, have you met Mickey shook?
0: Yep. I know Mickey's he been on the show before. Yep.
1: Yeah. Mickey, Mickey's S 12 S 12 program. Yep. And you know, you go through that course and you come out with a T triple C certification and, and you're, you're in a place that you can actually deal with traumatic injuries and combat traumas and, you know, really, in in most places in the country, getting somebody in front of a surgeon inside that golden hour is really not that difficult if we take those those proper steps in those first couple of minutes and just just control that bleed some. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a huge thing. Um,
0: and the one thing I always add when it comes to the medical too, a lot of times when we're talking to firearm instructors, you know, we tend to talk about firearm you know, injuries, you know, being shot. But on the flip side of it, Riley Bowman, who we've had on before, he used his medical skills at a car accident uh, one time. And you go along and think about how many, hopefully nobody's seen a lot of car accidents, but we've probably have all seen one or two and maybe a serious one on top of that. And that's where somebody could go along and you could save somebody's life or just being around. You know, I'm an outdoors kind of guy, axes, chainsaws, uh, climbing trees. That's me. And you know what would happen if something happened out in the woods? I'm a lot further away from a from an ER being in the woods, and I am you know sitting in my, at my house normally. And that those are all things that I I keep in mind when when I go out, making sure people realize that you know first aid isn't nine one one. First aid is knowing what to do until nine one one gets there.
1: Well, i I've, you know, and it doesn't have to be a, a critical incident thing. I mean, it, I, I've seen. Gunshot injuries on the range. I've Mm -hmm. Um, I I have been present on more than one occasion when those occur. Um, So I I understand that they're rare, but I also know that they happen. Um, You know something something else that is is not something that we typically think about or see real frequently. But uh, people going to a public range and renting a gun and having suicidal ideations. So there's, there's so many times that I don't go to a gun range without my kit. I just don't. Mm -hmm. It's part part of what goes in my range bag. Um,
0: Me too. I mean, I carry it and then it's on my range bag also. And, you know, as I tell people, just in case I'm the one that goes down, there's, you know, I've got one on my legs so they can go along and administer me because I'm not a young puppy anymore. And you just never know when I might be the person that needs the medical assistance.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, hey, Rob. Another question. I know you know a lot of times when it comes to the self defense uh, memberships and insurance, everybody focuses on the criminal side. Can you give us a little bit about on the civil side of things? What we're facing because maybe we beat the ramp on the on the criminal side, but what happens on this on the civil side?
1: Um, kind of the same thing. Um, the uh, the burden burden of proof is a little different um you know a criminal cases beyond a reasonable doubt and and that that means most probably this person did not do it mm-hmm. uh, it's not quite as significant in a civil matter um and and the bonus is there there are guys out there in the industry that that provide these services that that cover both um You know, CCW safe is one of them and something you need to know. And when you're, when you're doing your, your research and checking into things like this is who's going to be the attorney that represents me in my criminal case, what kind of an attorney, just because somebody is a lawyer doesn't mean they're set up to do self defense work. Um, That's a very, very specialized because we're, we're typically going with an affirmative defense, Mm -hmm. this guy is shot, and yes, I did it. But this is why.
0: For these legal reasons, I,
1: uh, For these I did legal it. Legal reasons, yes. Um, it's it's a little different in the civil realm, um, and so I don't necessarily need a criminal defense guy pulling my weight into the courtroom in a civil trial. Again, it's a different kind of law. Um, now you can have the same investigators and same experts. We don't have to do a whole lot of extra additional work on that end. Um, But it's one of the things that that we're really proud of with CCW safe is that that we'll, we'll take a criminal case. And if there's a, if there's a a guilty verdict, we immediately turn around and go straight into appeals at no additional cost. We just do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then civil case down the road pops up and and somebody wants to to take you uh take civil action against you and go to court that way um you know there's 22 states that if i was brought in on a criminal charge and acquitted uh i really have a protection against a civil suit Um, but it doesn't stop you from filing a civil action against me, even though I was acquitted, what it means is now I have to answer that. And so I'll have to go in front of a civil court and, and plead that as well as like, uh, you know, listen, I was found not guilty over here and, and I can't be held accountable for, for that in this court. Um, do, they, not, do these
0: cases run simultaneously, the criminal no. and then the civil? So you know, we got, we got two plus years for criminal, uh, potentially. And then you're telling me on top of that. So
1: they've got be, a statute of limitations that they've got, I think three years before they have to file, I, I'm not sure state by state, what that's, what that, those limits are, but they have a, a prolonged period of time before they can finally go, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sue it.
0: So it could uh, be up to, uh, I'm just ballparking it, you know, say two and a half years for criminal and then another two and a half years for civil. So you get a five years out of your life um, just because you were forced to defend yourself. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, that's that's one of those things where, as I would go along and recommend all the instructors out there, you know, realize and point these things out to your students when you're talking about self-defense and the points, you know, as Rob was making before that have, you know, have a thick skin. And if somebody starts calling you names, walk away. Because five years of your life, you know, isn't worth it just to fight back because somebody called you a name or or did something like that. And, you know, those those are the type of things, you know, I think about what I was doing five years ago and what I've done in the last five years. If that was completely erased because I was in the middle of a trial and being sued, um, I wouldn't be real happy. And I would probably, be, you know would would have, you know, some emotional problems to say the least to be under the microscope that long and be accused of things and wondering what my next uh, day is going to look like for it. So that's uh, very very enlightening.
1: It it is terrifying to think about having to go through that, really. Um mm-hmm. you know the 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 emotional strain causes physical stresses on you as well. Um it's just not it's not worth risking. I mean, it's, it's gotta be something that, that I am, I'm in a defensive position. I have to do this or somebody's going to die. Um, outside of that, you know, but it's, it's not a, a way to, to back people down. You know, it's not, it's not my equalizer. It becomes my equalizer when I realize that I can't overcome you. And if I don't do something quick, you're going to kill me. Um, that's that's when the gun comes into play it's, mm-hmm. it's not a I'm gonna scare him off with this because I'm I'm telling you there's plenty of people out there that aren't afraid of
0: it <clears throat> aren't afraid of it not to mention there's a lot of jurisdictions that if you uh escalate by you know showing showing a firearm you've all already immediately lost you know your right to self-defense because you've escalated first
1: yes yeah absolutely yeah they're, they're, you you've got to have Articulable reasons that you can go. The only reason I had to do this was because this, 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 and this had mm-hmm. to.
0: Exactly. Hey, Didn't hey, Rob. Got one other question for you that just popped up because uh, actually been doing a couple podcasts this year on this topic. But constitutional carry—it's one of those things that a lot of uh, instructors are talking about because we're up to 25 states nationwide uh, for. But how does that work uh, with CCW safe?
1: we do have a constitutional carry plan Um, you're not required to be permitted or anything you just have to be a legal firearms owner in the state where you live Um, previously we have always run our constitutional carry plan to where it covered you only in your home state Um, we're amending that to where it's going to cover you in any other state that will allow you to legally carry so if yeah like ohio um, mm-hmm. We're super excited. We're getting ready to launch some stuff for you guys, specifically targeting Ohio, um, because Sunday, uh, June 12th, um, it, it becomes law in your state. Um, I also know that uh, we are in the discussion stages of trying to offer a plan uh, for constitutional carry Gun owners um, that would be comparable for them as our ultimate packages for our permanent owners. Um, I don't have any I don't have any information as to when that might might come come about, but I can tell you that anytime somebody has a membership plan with us that say i I came in and I'm previous law enforcement, so I can get the protector plan um so i get i get in for for that price and then 6 months down the road i go you know what i really want i should have done the ultimate and you can call in and the only thing they'll do is just prorate it out for the remainder of the year um and so if if somebody come come saturday or sunday in ohio jumped in and said yep i'm going to do this and they get the constitutional carry plan um it as soon as it, when we launch this, uh, kind of comparable to the the ultimate package, um, which comes with a higher bond and uh, some other things in the in the works that uh, kind of enhance all the coverages for those. Um, let's see.
0: So it sounds sounds like you guys are really trying to cover anybody who wants to legally carry a firearm for self-defense.
1: We sure do. Yeah, we sure do. We're, we're making every push to do that. And, and we will be available for those guys in Ohio uh, this weekend. So... Mm-hmm looking forward to
0: that well that's great and i'm sure we'll see more states going to permitless uh carry out there or constitutional carry as and that number grows i'm sure it'll also um you know you'll see more interest along those plans too because the cost and the uh stakes behind behind it um you know you get charged you know with murder you could be you know looking what 20 to life you know things like that so i mean you know we're talking five years out of your life just in legal legal system you can imagine what it'd be like if you don't have the right lawyer on your side arguing your case to make sure that you don't spend the rest of your life in in prison um you know that's that's all always important
1: well and again like we were talking earlier you you're talking about you know if you don't have the right lawyer if you don't if your lawyer doesn't have a good investigator if you don't have the right the right guy that that has the chops to handle the expert work You know, if we need to bring in a shooting reconstructionist or something like that, um, if you go in without any jury consultant and you're just kind of kind of trying to pick them as you as you go, you know, kind of by the seat of your pants, you could wind up with a jury that that is really, really hostile to your cause. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are those are things that nobody really thinks of until it comes time for it. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea it was this involved. Um, th- that's the beauty of having uh, a group like CCW Safe that, you know, all three of our owners are previous law enforcement, period. You know, mm-hmm. everybody on your critical incident response team are previous investigators in law enforcement. You know, but just between Gary and I, we've got like 70 years experience. Um, mm-hmm. That guy's that guy's just unbelievable. Gary Gary Eastridge is our our uh, critical response team manager, and that guy is—he's—he's he's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, there's nobody else I'd want working my case if I was involved. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, one of the <laughs> things I go along and always uh, point out to my students, again, in the, you know, when I'm teaching classes, is you don't necessarily want a criminal defense attorney because a criminal defense attorney looks at somebody who uh, who goes along and might have held up the uh, gas station and they're looking at five years and they'll plead that down to two years and that's a win for them because they know their guy did it they're just trying to make sure that guy gets a, a proper re- representation and you know the uh, a equitable um time in jail you know in their minds when right. it comes to self-defense as you said it's an affirmative defense which means first you've got to say yes i did it and then B, here's the reasons behind it. If you don't have somebody who can articulate that with the experts, with the reconstructionists, all those types of things, um, you've got one foot you know, in the prison door, as they say already, You know, going through a process. You might get out, but then on the other hand, if he comes back and says, well, I got you from 20 years down to five years, I think that'd be good enough. Don't think anybody would be really happy about that. You'd have to spend five years in prison. That would not be a win in my book.
1: Well, and you know, Again, between between Gary and myself, we've worked thousands of cases, you know, hundreds of shootings and killings, um, and, and that's not to make light of that. You, to find people that have that kind of experience, if I was going through a a, crim, a criminal trial with these kind of charges against me, this is my first choice as my team. This is the guys I want representing me. Um, and I did this for a living. So, uh, I, I just understand the importance of having, uh, that kind of knowledge and experience, uh, you know, and you know, you and I can can sit here and, and walk out and and run a line and put guys through stuff. But how many guys do you know out there that are doing that, that you couldn't even begin to tell when the last time they'd been through any training was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I will be forever a student of what I do. Um, you know, just, just a year ago, we were going through Force science Institute, A um, uh, little, little, bit before that, Gary and I were, we're going through, uh, uh Texas Rangers course for officer involved shootings. Um, Gary and I still assist in officer involved shootings to keep us current and mm-hmm. sharpened and up to speed, um, uh, you know, again, I told you I I started August 31st of 2020, um, and you wouldn't think that a person would work a whole lot of officer-involved shootings in that time, but I've worked 41. Wow! Uh, it's just it's just something that that helps us kind of kind of keep that edge on um, and up to date with with the law. So it's it's a big deal to us.
0: Yeah. And if anybody wants to know a little bit more about force science, I will put that in the uh, show notes also because we had uh, Dr. Bill Lewinsky on uh, a couple of years ago. Um, great conversation <laughs> great. with him yeah. and really great insight into how the mind works and what you, what the mind can do and what the mind can't do. Because sometimes uh, I just simplify it. Hollywood does not show an accurate representation of how the mind works and what you can depend on, what you can't depend on. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Well, Hey Rob, um, we've been asking all our guests this year. Can you name an influential mentor that's helped you get to where you are today?
1: Oh man. Um, I've really had so very many, um, but probably as influential as anybody in my life was a guy that used to be my wrestling coach. His name's Malcolm Wade. Um, actually passed away just a few years ago, but he's the guy that got me into coaching as well. Uh, and he and I coached together for six years. Um, absolute brilliant man. And, uh, just a couple of years ago, uh, he was posthumously, uh, entered into the national wrestling hall of fame and I got to do his acceptance speech. Um, but absolutely, convince me that there was nothing I couldn't do if I set my mind to it. Uh, so it, it would have to be him very first and foremost.
0: Yep. And that's, that's the reason why behind asking about influential mentors, because we as instructors have those opportunities to look at somebody in the eye. And when they think, you know, they can't do any better tell me, you know, there's nothing they can't do if they put their mind to it. And then, you know, the, the next time, they get up on the line, you know, they're they're shooting better. And it's all because we gave them confidence to do mm-hmm. it. So that's a that's a great mentor there, Rob. Really great. Well, hey, where can people find more information about CCW Safe?
1: Uh, goes go straight online to our website. Uh, it's ccwsafe.com. Um, same by that same token. If there's if there's anything that comes up. That you've got a question about, you guys are more than welcome to reach out to me as well. It's uh, at, at my email there and it's Rob R O B at CCWsafe.com. Uh, but you know, we we always welcome any input. Um, and if you guys hadn't hadn't heard too much about the Guardian Nation conference in September out here in Oklahoma City, uh Rob will be out there teaching again. But there is mm-hmm. a Great lineup of people. Um, Andrew Brank will be out again. Um, it's seventy-two
0: it, hours where you can absorb more training than you could get probably almost in a full year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the other part of that is is there's so many different really top-tier instructors out there all in one place. And so you know I can go from from a Rob Beckman to a Matt Little to Riley Bowman to Brian Eastridge, and all of a sudden I'm going to drop down and do Chuck Haggard or move over here to, to a legal course and, and listen to Amber Branca for part of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a great range. It's it's huge. It's a big, you know, one mile by one mile range and plenty of, plenty of space out there, uh, plenty of room, plenty of shade cover. Um, it's a great conference. It, it is really well run, so I'm excited about it
0: yep I hear uh I hear the uh, registrations are going really good and they keep up but it will be sold out which will be uh great great to see uh for it and I'll take one last plug because we've talked about a lot of different areas uh Todd Fossey, as I understand will be out there also doing his hand on ha- hands uh on hands uh training and that is great because just like we were talking about all those other skills you need uh sometimes just having some uh hand hand skills can really get you out of the sticky situation. Uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, not having to go along, and go to a, uh, firearm or, or taser or a mace, you know, think about a little kid or somebody, you know, who's, uh, just, uh, out of their mind, but you need to get them away from you. Those, those yep. types of things. So very good. Well, Rob, appreciate your time tonight and, uh, look forward to talking to you in September.
1: Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you buddy. Holler if you <laughs> need it.
0: Will do. That's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found it very interesting. And I hope you can share it with your friends, other instructors, and other informed citizens that want to know about self-defense. Do you have any suggestions for an episode or someone you would like us to have on as a guest? Email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. You can also leave us feedback on our Facebook page, or better yet even, go over to our website at firearmtrainerpodcast.com and leave us comments there. On the website, you can also search for additional episodes on training, dealing with the challenges in the classroom, and a lot of other topics. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearm Trainers Association, ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Sign up for the Guardian Conference coming on September 16th through the 18th receive world-class training from nationally recognized trainers like todd fossey andrew bronca and matthew marister topics will include self-defense law unarmed self-defense trauma care and advanced pistol craft all the information about the conference will be found at guardianconference.com conference.com we we'll bring his podcast to support the industry the second amendment and most importantly every firearm instructor in america dedicates time and energy in making gun owners more knowledgeable stay safe everyone